Hey Changemakers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Warrilow and I am thrilled that you are here. This podcast is about change and transformation, but not just any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, spirituality, social impact, and the business of change. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we'll be diving deeply into topics at the intersection. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders, sharing tools and resources, and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. But before I introduce today's guest, I have one request. Would you be willing to go to iTunes or whatever app you're listening to, subscribe and leave a rating and review? It's so helpful for us as podcasters. It enables the algorithms to find us. It helps people find our community. And it also helps our guests get their messages out to more people. It's a small thing that would mean so much to us. So thank you. Now, are you ready to be inspired? Because today, our guest on the podcast is Claudia Lindby. Now, Claudia is an executive coach and mentor from Copenhagen in Denmark. Her current research project is redefining performance, challenging the old ways and creating new, more effective leadership approaches. She combines 25 years of experience in international business with a deep understanding of what it means to be human. So today's topic that we're going to be talking about is reawakening what it means to be human. So welcome, Claudia. Thank you. Thank you, Jane, for inviting me. Uh, I'm, I'm delighted and I'm grateful to be here with you. Well, I am so looking forward to our conversation today because you and I, Claudia, we've known each other for a while now and we have had some incredible conversations. So I can't wait to see what comes out today. I really can't. But just to let our listeners kind of get a sense of you, I'd love you to give us a few insights of the, you know, the real woman, the real human that is behind your professional bio. The the real human. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. So I'm I'm a Dane, Um, I guess with a few drops of the Viking blood still in me. I'm uh, immensely curious. the Vikings traveled a lot. I, I love traveling, uh, but I, I discovered at some point in my life that the actually the more interesting travels are inwards and that they are about people as much as they are about uh, new countries uh, and those vast horizons. So, so you can say that, that where the Vikings maybe traveled uh, uh, like vastly and, and, and widely, I, I've tended to travel more inwards and deeper. Mm. So that's part of my story. I have a, um, an MBA, I have a, a business degree, international business, and I've done international business for, uh, in various forms, some 25 years now. Uh, I've been a leader myself, and, um, and I think this, this experience of leading and, uh, and a parody, really, that didn't suit me too well has helped shape who I am today. So, so I'm very interested in, in, well, my starting point has really been professional development, leadership development. And over the past couple of years, and also through the conversations that, that you and I have had, that's taken on new dimensions that, um, yeah, that, that I find really inspiring for myself. So. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the way you talk there about kind of journeying inward, you know, and I guess that relates to our title, you know, what it means to be human. So when you think back on your life, Claudia, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is there, has there been any threshold moments that have really shaped you into the human that you are today? Oh, yes. Um, a number of them, uh, really. Uh, some, of course, of course, you know, smaller moments, but that can still be defining and, and help me shape uh, 
a way of looking at the world and myself in it. Um, one defining moment was definitely when I, uh, um, it was my 40th birthday, I was uh, sitting, I was visiting my brother in Malaysia. I was looking out at the beautiful skyline of uh, Kuala Lumpur and I, I was basically, I was happy, content, and all of a sudden I was, I was radiant, I was joyful. I was, um, I've been struck by something that first I didn't quite know what was, and I don't mean necessarily to be spiritual here, but in, in a moment I, I discovered that, that I made a decision that was going to change my life in, in, in um, a very profound way. And it was almost as if that decision had made itself. It was not even, it was, it didn't feel courageous, although it was, you know, I decided to quit my professional career and the director's title and all the benefits and the security and the high paycheck to go and do, actually I didn't know what at the time. I just knew that that chapter was done and it filled me with joy, um, which was, not so simple to communicate afterwards because it, you know people would say, "Oh, that's you know why would you want to do that?" And some would think I was a bit mad, maybe, and and others would call it bold. But for me, it was just something that really happened very naturally, like it was just you know the, the way that things were meant to be turning, and uh, that that totally shifted both my my professional life and I think also me as a person. Mm, yeah. Wow, that sounds profound. Looking out over Kuala Lumpur sounds so exotic. It really does. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fantastic moment. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things we talk about sacred change makers is, is this progression that a lot of people go through in their lives, which is where they start with a job and then they get a career and then they find a career with a purpose. And then at some point that deepens and kind of becomes a calling. Would you say that this felt like a calling to you, this moment? Yeah, yes. And, and uh, I, I didn't understand it at the time, but, but it, it was a call. So um, I, I felt pretty clear about what I was doing and, and what my role and contribution was. And I felt confident about it also and, and thought myself by, by those uh, measures and standards to be uh, quite successful in my career um, and 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 that moment that really the key thing for me was that I could not I'd had a longing for for a period of time that I'd tried to explain away and ignore and you know get on and be busy and not listen to it but but in that quiet moment uh, of, of expansion you could say probably I just opened my soul to 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 hear that there's more for me to do than to report on, on I don't mean to be the meaning on it, but market shares and, mm. you know, some kind of EBIT percentage that somebody else had decided for me and, and to make that the whole of my contribution. I, I, I really needed to find more meaning in, in what I would be doing and, and that was not there for me. So, so, that, as I look at it in hindsight, was really what propelled me or, or, or called me there or dragged me out of my <laughs> comfort zone. And, um, and, and that was the sense of, of purpose. I've always known that I wanted to make a difference. And I think I've, in, in that moment, the shift was that, looking at it now, um, as I said, in hindsight, it was to shift the, the parameters that I was measuring purpose or meaning or uh, meaningfulness with shifted from external measurements and what other people wanted me to do it to what I wanted to do, what I feel is important, what for me is meaningful. And that, that was just a, a completely different ballgame. So, so so that was a call that was a purpose that wanted to be heard. And, uh, uh, and luckily I got it. I was 40, but I, I did get it. So, <laughs> And that sounds like a really important shift in a way, you know, not just to looking at the external world and what you think other people 
a kind of calling out from you and expecting from you and wanting from you, but kind of reconnecting to yourself and really what you want in the world and, you know, who you want to be, who you want to become. That feels so very like, like it shifts. It must have shifted your relationship with life at the same time. It, it did. It did. So one of the things I want to ask you about this is, you know, if this is a calling and you're feeling like, you know, everything is shifting and it, it's kind of, it sounds like it's more about you bringing yourself now and putting yourself maybe first in a way or, or certainly making yourself more important. I mean, what I'm interested in is so then what did that mean? Like, what is the change that you wanted to take a stand for? Like, what, what was the difference? What, what were you standing up for then? What was important? Uh, for a long time, I, I'd, uh, I'd called it um, a combining the hard and the soft data in the organization. I was in a, in a totally classic, uh, I love the company, but a totally classic um, a sort of a, a, a logical left brain kind of organization with lots of numbers and and um, and I would typically I would be the only woman around the board uh, or the the table uh, when we had our board meetings. I was a, a leader for um, almost all of those years and 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 as soon as I said something that was important to me beyond the numbers, it would very quickly be you know, oh, it's because she's a woman, right? And, and um, sometimes that'd be smiles, sometimes that would be just blank stares. Uh, on a rare occasion, maybe a curiosity about what I was talking about, but it was, it was quite often the odd one out. And, and, um, and, and, and today how I understand it is that what I, I really wanted was to, uh, was that humanize the business we were in. Um, actually have, you know, have people on board and, and uh, let people have a different kind of connection with, with each other, but also with why we were doing business. And, you know, why, why would you work 50 or 60 or at times, you know, 80 hours a week if it's for a number that, that you know, will disappear uh, because next month we're talking about something else <laughs> and uh, constantly update the numbers. It just seemed not right to, to not be more human about how we did business. See, that's fascinating to me because, you know, our title today is reawakening what it means to be human. And you've talked about this personal threshold moment where that almost feels like you're reawakening to what it means for you to be human. But then you go out into the world and almost inspire that in others. Is that what it felt like? Yeah, yes, it is. Um, and, and, and in a way, it totally shifted my energy also in how I connected with others. I've, um, uh, I always, I think, had a lot of energy and I would, I would sort of be extrovert about it. And uh, my idea of inspiring people or getting the job done would be to come up with a lot of enthusiasm and you know, convince people that this was really exciting and, you know, it'd be really important to see the penetration of this or that product within the first four weeks after launch to be at least 40% and, you know, whatever it was we were doing. And... Um, after I, I let go of that and, and, and went deeper into myself to, to, to connect with, as we spoke about, the, my own purpose, um, you could almost say that there was more truth in the connection I started having with people. It was about something else and, and the energy also would not be the, you know, overwhelming, I can probably convince you and motivate you this way around, it would be much more interactive and um, that would be a different kind of connection almost, you know, um, going beyond that unification uh, 
and 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 I think definitely what what happened is the way that I apply myself today is that um, that what we are talking about it seems to me at least to be much more relevant for the human being who goes to work very often to be a leader i work mainly in the leadership space but but really any human being um going to work to do something with other people and of course this can also be in a in, in a you know a private context or even a, in a broader social context but it is enabling a kind of cooperation collaboration that goes beyond what our current idea of organization is mm. and and that's that's going to make a difference that does make a difference yeah so i've got to ask what does it mean to be human <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, Joseph Campbell, he's, he's got some, some, uh, some great quotes by Joseph Campbell and the whole human, um, the hero's journey, the journey to becoming human. And it's, um, so, so, so it's, it's reconnecting with what's natural and what we're wired to uh, be able to do. This is my performance piece, but also what we are wired to um, search for, uh, aspire to, and, and how we naturally would interact with one another if we stripped away all the, you know, the hierarchies and the, the or at least the formal hierarchies and the titles and the boxes and all these unnatural pieces of separation that that we've somehow managed to put in place over the past couple of hundred years and and that we to a large extent believe are true when we can when we can break out of that and and be free to to be ourselves with the doubts we have with uh, our own truth um and we, when we, we're truly open to uh connect not just with others but definitely with others uh we are human species after all um and a social species but it's also to connect to the a, a larger ecosystem and, and a larger truth and allow ourselves to be informed by that so there's a permeability and openness uh, that i think sadly today there's so many examples that we we, 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 we're not opening, we, we're closing, we, we're constricting, we're boxing in instead of the opposite. And so, so the journey to becoming human, you could say fundamentally, is to, to become who you were meant to be. And I don't think there's an ending point there. It's, it, it really is a journey. And... Um, Yeah, so reconnecting with with, uh, with your innermost core and then opening in an honest uh, way to to what's around you. But for me, that that would be the essence of becoming human. Mm. Now that sounds very different to some of the corporations and organizations that you know I've had experience with and maybe for our listeners you know maybe they're used to going to work in you know a cubicle in in corporate America or in Europe somewhere you know and just like you're describing in your before your 40th birthday you know a lot of organizational life is determined by measures and like you said the left brain stuff so is, is this even allowed? Is it, because I was going to say, is it welcomed in organizational life? And then I stopped myself and thought, actually, is it even allowed? I think that would be my first question if I was listening. <laughs> like, am I allowed to do that? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Becoming human and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
I think that's a really good question. And, <laughs> and I think when, when I first became very hopeful of this uh, was when I came across a book that called something about bringing your heart to work. And it described this funny separation, you know, you're supposed to be some kind of persona when you go to work and, and, and uh, that, that whole thing. And um, it talked about the, the importance of emotional intelligence and, and all of that. And this is, this is back in what the eighties, I get material from the eighties. So early nineties, maybe. And I think that there's also, um, that there's definitely a, a cultural and with that also to some extent geographical or national culture aspect to this um, because being human and, and being human at work I think we we talk a lot about that uh, and even the uh, I was gonna say even the big houses uh, like McKinsey and Boston Consulting Group and, and business uh, review the publications and that, that, they, that those um, those players are also increasingly highlighting the importance of interpersonal skills uh, the human moments at work um, so, so the talk at least is there and I, I think with that also I'm understanding that that what we've been doing so far has reached you know a, a sort of a threshold a limit to what it can really do for us uh, and we're paying a high price for for that old way of operating where well, it was definitely not allowed i mean I, I would also be called unprofessional um if i would be asking you know questions that i had to do with with um, um the people aspect of the people i were leading for instance in, in reorganizations i was told hey you know we don't design organizations to fit people <laughs> just a <laughs> how stupid <laughs> that was. Right. How, how crazy to think that an organization is is anything other than the people that right. are there is just uh, this whole illusion that they were building around it so 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 yes the short answer would be yes it's allowed at least uh, there's a lot of good intention in many places there's still a lot of more old classic organizations out there. Um, now in Denmark and Scandinavia, where I have the, the core of my business, um, uh, we have this, uh, uh, let's say, a social democratic approach and, and uh, a very collaborative and in international measurements, also feminine approach to things. I mean, feminine values like cooperation, collaboration, relationships. Um, so, I think a lot of this, what I'm talking about is, is already there and integrated. And I think even some organizations have gone a step beyond that already, but in the day-to-day -day and in a lot of the um, teams and, 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 you know, the workspaces and where people spend so much of their time, it, it's, there's still a lot of work to be done. Mm. Now, I know you have a recent research project called Redefining Performance, and I'm sure this is linked into our conversation here. So I'd love to know, like, what you've learned from that research. Uh, uh, one possibly very obvious thing is that um, leaders, I've, I've interviewed a number of leaders and, um, and also done other types of research, but but definitely the the in-depth interviews as well as the um, more the uh, quantitative research in it shows that there there are different opinions, uh, a number of different opinions and and worldviews, which of course is not surprising, and and it's so one finding is that of course performance needs to function in different worldviews in order to be be relevant for us and it's it's either both the worldview of the organization and the culture but also the individual person who comes to work and wants to do uh, i'm mostly assuming a, a good job um and uh, so, so uh, performance is not one thing uh also that there's um 
there's, there's a longing in virtually everybody I've talked to, I would say 95% of, of the people that, that have been part of the uh, project so far, that they're longing for something that is more functional than what they experienced in today, something that makes more sense, something that's more uh, energizing and rewarding. Um, a, a good example is the performance review that really in the majority of cases, so people will say it's of course important to have a dialogue about performance. Uh, many will say that they're not very good at it and definitely not when performance is lacking, um, when there are gaps. Um, but also that the way that the systems that, that are supposed to support them in having this dialogue and the, uh, you know, the uh, forms you have to fill out and the ratings they sometimes have to give are really counterproductive and, and many people just uh, really wish that they could do it either not at all or, or differently. So, so it seems also that, that performance in its, its current shape is as a kind of acceptance that it that it must be more natural and less about system, uh, more ongoing, more fluent, and more individualized than what has maybe earlier been sort of the uh, the standard that we were applying. So, so a dynamic perspective, and that has also given rise to to. Uh, one of the terms that I, I use today about leadership, that is evolutionary leadership. So, so um, Oh, that sounds fascinating. Tell us about that, evolutionary leadership. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah coming out of the performance discussions, because performance has sort of always been the space that I've, I've been starting from. And, and um, although it's been expanding, it still really has my, my great interest. So, um, there, there's, you can say there's a, a time for everything, and, and if, if, we, uh, if we look back, uh, what, 150,000 years, the start of the uh, journey of Homo sapiens, in different shapes and forms at least, and, and the evolution um, that, that's been ongoing ever since. Evolution is, is I was going to say, how the natural world works including us as human beings in it. And we can call ourselves professionals and put on a suit and tie and, you know, we can pull out our laptops and be clever about uh, all sorts of business things and call that professional. We're still human beings and, and we're still evolving. And, and, um, and you can say, well, haven't we always? And, and of course that, that's true. But I think the level of awareness today is in a place where we can, we can be more intentional about evolution. Mm. And we can definitely our own part of evolution. So our own path uh, to becoming human and how we decide to apply ourselves, what responsibility we, we um, decide to take and also what skills and capacities we, we bring to the table and, and uh, what we decide to learn in order to advance uh, on that journey. It, it basically, for each one of us, wherever we are in our journey to contribute to, I was going to say, the, the overall uh, ecosystem um, uh, and the, the, to humanity really mm. by you know the best that we can offer yeah and i love when you say it like that it sounds like i mean it just rings so true to me when you when you speak in that way and i, I want the listeners to know that we're actually recording this in the midst of I suppose you could call it a global pause right now um, with the coronavirus epidemic that's kind of sweeping the world and you know, most organizations have sent people home. They're working from home now as we're all doing the social distancing, trying to flatten the curve. And it seems to me, you know, as I listen to you, uh, Claudia, speaking about, 
you know, reawakening what it means to be human and how we're all part of evolution. It, it seems to me now that this isn't just about bringing the humanity back into work, but as we all pause in this way from what was normal life, couldn't it be that we're redefining a new normal right now and we're reawakening what it means to be human in life as, as well as at work? I mean, what do you think about this time now? How does this, your work relate to kind of where we are now? Oh, that is, that is interesting. That's, uh, it's a deep question in, in, in the sense there's so many unknowns about mm. um, the, the crisis and, and where it will take us, how long it will last and, and also how we come out on the other side. But I really think the basic understanding of being human is also what will take us through the crisis to the other side. Yeah. And hopefully attach stronger uh attend better for it i mean we better learn <laughs> something as expensive both in human terms and financial terms and all of that now that we have the opportunity and and and, and i also think you know in a way that what's happening now is is possibly accelerating something that's been bubbling up and, and emerging for a time now so the the um, the need, the felt need to connect in different ways. Um, there's an interesting example. The 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 whole discussion that at least in in, in Denmark here and in, in, in Scandinavia is a big one about our purpose. And we, we're um, for the past couple of years, the the entire. Um, not just business life, but really society uh, as a whole. We've been you know, very um, interested in uh, discussing at least the, the uh, strategic development goals of the United Nations. Mm. And the first time that I met resistance to it, I was, I was a bit surprised because for me, it seems to be, for me, it was just a, a sort of a given that, that that we're interested in a larger world around us and we want to contribute. And looking into that, I could see that that, that purpose also comes in, in different shapes, depending on, again, our worldviews and where we are and uh, our evolutionary path. So skepticism and, and even some, some cynicism around it, and, and even a feeling that that's not relevant not to business, not to organizations, and, and really not to anybody at all, uh, maybe other than the United Nations. And, and that it was um, sort of a, sh not a shallow initiative, but something that was more hot air than anything else. But, but those voices, as I'm hearing it, are really becoming smaller and smaller and tinier because we, we we get it at a deeper level we all get and now certainly with, with the the um the extra pressure and the time for reflection that we're in now and having to reconsider how we operate there's an understanding that we all have a responsibility we're so interconnected everything touches everything else and who would have thought that weeks after somebody ate something they probably shouldn't have somewhere in central china that tourists in northern italy ski resorts would become ill mm. uh, as massively and quickly as it, it, it was just so, so this the interconnections and how we all part of of one whole really um i think we're seeing that much more clearly now and that also means that uh, I'm hoping that that purpose as we move through this is one of the things that will help many people move through the crisis, both personal purpose uh, and, and societal purpose, um, social, even professional purpose, whatever, but, but that sense of uh, wanting to contribute to something that is larger than myself, that is, is bigger than just our organization and take a responsibility for 
whatever ecosystem we identify with and think that we can meaningfully contribute to, um, that sense, I think, will be, I think we'll see that completely differently as, as we get out of the crisis and try to find a new normal. Yeah, I think you're right. The interconnectivity is in some ways, you know, and at some levels for me, it's, it's quite shocking. Now, I'm not saying I didn't realize this before, because of course I did. But in some ways, like you say, you know, the way that it's spread, the way that we can't deny now that we're all part of this global ecosystem must also make us realize that we're, we're all connected in humanity terms. You know, we're all on this evolutionary path together. You know, even if you want to get off, you can't kind of thing because we're all in this together. And so, you know, I'm really curious about what it will reawaken inside of people because one of the things i notice as as you're talking is you seem to be one of those rare people that have claimed and kind of committed to their own role in this whereas for so many of us it's it's much easier to stay asleep and you know just kind of get on with day-to-day -day life and you know deal um, isn't it enough you know in our busy lives to deal with you know what's important to us and the people that we love and making sure everything's taken care of without going that one step beyond into you know connecting to something bigger than than ourselves and so I'd love you to speak to that about, you know, how you have kind of claimed and committed to this path for yourself and, and what that means for you on a day-to-day -day basis, maybe personally, professionally, and maybe even what it means for you in that beyond conversation. What does that look like for you, Claudia? Hmm. Well, that, yeah, that is, it is a deep question. It, it definitely, in my day to day, where, um, uh, where I've, I've been schooled the good old fashioned way, right, to have uh, plans and answers and uh, to be sure about myself and my uh, abilities to fix things and all that. So that, that, that's, that's a, a letting go that has, um, I was gonna say was necessary, but was simply part of the package of, of coming to stand in, in this space uh, where I find myself now. And there's, um, um, this may sound strange, but almost a sense of, of surrendering to bigger things and and one thing for me is definitely a, a bigger truth uh, that's been one of the the challenging things for me to to dare to give voice to things that are true but unspoken um, as much as correcting uh, spoken things that maybe were not quite true but but yeah, to, to, to call on truth and also to hear that call, also when it's inconvenient, also when it's uh, not pleasant. I like to have fun at work, you know. <laughs> First in that sense, I, 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 I like to have a good time. I love to connect with people who inspire me and, you know, it fills with energy and then that positive light-hearted sense and, and, and there's, there's definitely a place for that. Um, going forward also um that's also part of, of being human uh but that, that's also um a greater sense of responsibility and that means going beyond individual needs and uh preferences not not you know to do things that that um i'm not aligned with i don't feel integrity about but really to step into, and you and I have talked about this, a, a bolder space and, and take the consequences for that. Uh, but, but still want to do it because it is the right thing to do it. It's the, the 
functional. It's the, the good thing to be doing for the situation that, that I might find myself in. And that has shifted relationships as well, our professional and private relationships. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's uh, so some of the steps on the human journey are uh, bold steps and some are you know, stepping into uncertainty and uh, not knowing and, uh, and, and doing it anyways and then find out, be open to what's there. And um, yeah, I, I think as you said, the well, crisis situations unfortunately have a, also a way of uh, waking people up when I say unfortunately it's because sometimes we don't, we don't get it until there's really a lot of pressure. Although we could have heard the call, it was the same for myself. No, I, I didn't, you know, into to, to uh, being caught ill with, with stress or, or, or that, but I was quite stubborn as well. And I, I still am with, with, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, callings like that, but um, it's, it, it's really about listening to, to what, is needed and to find your own role to play your own contribution in that and um, and expand that, that part of the growth path uh, yeah. expanding also yeah and you know as I'm listening to you I, I hear a lot of the worries that I think a lot of people have right now around the future, you know, the uncertainty, the unknown, the, you know, the being called to do the right thing, you know, listen for the truth. All those things I think are important for, for many of us right now as, as we kind of pause and take stock of, of life, really, not just business. But I also know that, you know, quite a few of our audience members are, are leaders. And I know that, you know, when for leaders, particularly now, um, particularly those at senior levels in organizations, as they turn and face the future for themselves in their own roles, but also for their organization, you know, the future's quite uncertain. So I'd love to hear, you know, from your perspective, Claudia, when you turn and face the future, you know, what bubbles up for you? How do you feel about the future that we're moving into? Um, well, maybe a funny word in, in, as we speak of uncertainty and VUCA, uh, sort of as a, um, a, a way that things have become for us, but um, I, I feel uh, confident that things will um, turn out the way, not necessarily the way that we want, but the way that they're meant to uh, turn out. And this is not a fatalistic statement, it's just to, it's probably the confidence chain comes from the surrendering to what's natural and what mm -hmm. lives in all of us and in the space between us and, and to trust that. Um, not that we don't want to be part of shaping it and that's that's i'm um apart from from confident i'm i'm hopeful and i'm also um even even if we're in a, a crisis that is, is very costly in human terms it, it's also that there's, there's an energy in this time and it feels like a bit of a raw energy right now. I'm, 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 my sense is it's also a very creative energy. Um, we're seeing that already with lots of new uh, smaller initiatives and, and new ways of, of talking about things and dealing with things and, and uh, new ideas that have more space uh, to come alive now that we've come to pause. Um, involuntarily for most of us, uh, but but there's a, a, a I feel a strong creative energy, and I I in addition to that, and I think this is really what's going to save us, Jane, is the um, the deeper level of connectivity, the the more authentic and true connection 
with ourselves, but also with each other uh, that will come from this that is already part of, of what's happening to us now. And, and with that, you know, a, a word like love and, and unity, feeling unified and feeling we're, we're all in the service of the future of humanity. I, I, I think all that is really in the cards right now. In, yeah. in the sense that the, the you know the cards that we are being dealt, um, it's actually quite a strong hand. <laughs> yeah. That I think that is so true. A strong hand. What a great way to describe it. You know, and as I as I think about this time, I, I can't help but think that somehow this is, for me at least, it feels like remembering in a way. And and I I think that we might look back on this moment in history and, you know, and, and be reminded not to take the little things for granted, you know, because it was so easy to just walk down the street or go to a store or a cinema or a theater or a conference or be in a room full of people and shake hands and hug and all these things that right now we're not able to do. You know, we're not surrounded by other people. We don't feel the connections in that physical space. Like, you know, I, I certainly used to take for granted. And now I'm reminded that, you know, sometimes the special things are in the small things. So I love that it's almost taken me particularly right back to basics and, and kind of what matters most to me and things that I want to remember as we move out of this time as well in the future weeks and months and and start to remind myself of you know a lot of the things you've been talking about the humanity the humanness what makes us human um, because that feels something that I don't want to let go of as we kind of or as I journey forward and I hope as we journey forward perhaps with this new renewed awareness of the interconnectivity. Mm. So let me ask you, Claudia, finally, if there was something you hoped we'd get to today, something you would want to share with our listeners, what might it be? Uh, I'll pick up on... on um, some of the things you, you said just now uh, and it would be the, really the best thing that that anyone can do for him or herself and with that also for humanity is to um, re reconnect with um, I was going to say the the, the uh, reconnect with what's wild in you and i don't mean that i it, love that it's <laughs> scary you know getting all loud and that but there's we, we we all are already that human and it, it's much more a question now well there's skills to be learned and all of that and and you know new phrases and purpose and things to be defined and but, but really at, at the heart of all of this is to um, reconnect with what's really alive in us and give that voice and give that a place, a space to unfold in. And, and, and that's, that's enough, that's plenty. I mean, bring yourself as, as you are and in your best version, preferably, uh, to, to um, go to, go to that place in yourself where we, we feel alive and then do everything from there. It's, it, it's, it's humanizing and it's also like rewilding our world in a sense. We've learned so many things that that limit us. Um, and, and, and to let go of all of that and just become our natural selves that's that's the only thing really <laughs> that <laughs> you know as, as you're saying that they're rewilding 
I, I love that. There's obviously a wild person inside of me here waiting to get out. Um, but it just took me straight back to my childhood. And this idea that I used to love playing in, and I have not remembered this for, I don't know, I don't know that I've ever remembered this before, playing in dirty puddles uh, <laughs> with sticks and leaves and just getting down and dirty and splashing and yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Maybe that's what I should do. Maybe that's what my soul truly craves for. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, wouldn't that be wonderful? I mean, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just imagining myself now at a leadership retreat, taking them outside in the rain to the dirty puddles. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. But I love that, you know, and it's going to be different for all of us. Of course, I'm not suggesting you go and play dirty puddles, but whatever it is, that rewilding, it's like permission to just really unleash yeah. the aliveness within, which feels so liberating. Claudia. Oh yeah. Isn't that what we all long for? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> oh, Claudia, thank you so much for the conversation such a deep rich kind of i don't know i just love that sort of honesty that you bring to the conversation and 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 this whole topic of reawakening what it means to be human feels so very important i mean it feels relevant but it feels so very important for us right now at this maybe what might end up being a threshold moment for us all in history so thank you so much for joining us today thank you jane thank you it was a pleasure well listeners that's all for today thank you so much for listening in but before we finish today i want you to know why this podcast exists at sacred change makers we believe in a better world and we believe that business can also be a powerful force for good we also know that business today more than ever is a key driving force in evolutionary change and that we all have the capability to facilitate this change. We can all be change makers and bring our sacred work to the world, just as you've heard Claudia talk about today. So if deep down you know you have more potential yet to emerge, let us help you. Join us at sacredchangemakers.com and consider joining Changemakers Society. This is our engaged and supportive community that many of our members call home. We help you to make a bigger impact by unleashing your soul work into the world. These are the incredible people who make this podcast possible because our members are our sponsors. Together, we can make the world a better place. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. And for now, I just want to say thank you for listening, for the work you do to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love, everyone. <laughs>